Welcome to another edition of Highland Football Weekly with me, Ian Auld. On this week's show, a man who's played for Cali Thistle and Ross County and has 59 international caps for his country, one goal to his name and one major achievement for his national team as well. He's played abroad too in the likes of Austria and Holland and it's my pleasure to welcome onto the podcast this week, Richard Hastings. Richard, how are you? I'm doing good, Ian. Thank you very much for having me on. No, it's a, it's a pleasure, Richard. As I, I said to you off, uh, off mic there, what a, what a career you've had. I've been doing my, my research this week uh, and looking over some of your uh, achievements and your time in the game. Uh, and uh, oh, what, a, what an hour or so we're going to have looking over your career. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's certainly been a, a long, a long uh, sort of time, 16 years, I believe, um, and, and certainly lots of ups and downs, uh, as, in, as in most careers, but, uh, but it's certainly one that um, I look back on, obviously, with a lot of fond memories. Now, you're, you're based in the Highlands, and you have been for pretty much most of your, your playing career. Uh, touched on there, you have represented your, your country, Canada, 59 times. Born in Canada, am I right in saying that you moved to the islands around about six, seven years old? Is that right? Yeah, I moved to England when I was seven. Right. Okay. When did you move to the Highlands then? And what's your, your kind of earliest memory of, of moving uh, this far north? Yeah, so I, we moved to, to, it was initially just into sort of the Abbeymore area right. uh, when I was about 11. Because uh, we used to come up to Davymore, sort of doing the skiing and uh, with the Cairngorms Mountains and stuff, and we just liked it up here, uh, my family. So we moved up um, when I was eleven, and then and then we came to Inverness, I believe, um, when I was about fourteen, I think, about third year in school. Yeah, so I was about fourteen. You obviously you mentioned skiing there. Sport played a big part in your. Uh, your younger days, am I right in saying that sport played a, a big part in your life? Yeah, I mean it was. Uh, I was had two brothers as well, and we just were always out uh, kicking the ball. And my dad played um, just semi professional back in Canada as well. So, so we weren't playing; we were watching. And, and uh, it was probably when we moved to England that you know you realise how how big the game is. Um, and, and all your friends are playing it, not just uh, a few. Uh, and that's when I really, probably truly fell in love with the game. Um, you know, and, and I started supporting Manchester United straight away. And um, yeah, it was just a great time. You know, when you, everyone's, everyone just as soon as you get home from school, you throw your bag in, grab your ball, and everyone's out in the park again. And so you had no choice, really. Um, but, but obviously you just loved it and then the sort of uh, competitiveness of it all and I just couldn't wait to get going in terms of playing for a team and um, I ended up playing for an under 11 team when I was when I was nine I just had to get just wanted to get going early so so it was quite good uh, that I managed to get going early um, and then I was picked up by uh, by Middlesbrough uh, for to be in their school of excellence um, so that was that was a really good time um, in there and we had um, the likes of Guy Pallister and Bernie Slave and these, these boys would come in and, mm-hmm. and watch us and join in so it was, it was a great experience when just being a, a, young, a youngster uh, to be to be surrounded by, by those players but um, and then of course I moved away so so uh, my time there was, uh, was we came to an end. 
So you had that experience of, of playing uh, or being involved uh, in a professional setup at Middlesbrough. Um, I'm assuming that when you, you moved to Inverness, you participated in perhaps a school team? Well, it was mainly mainly like the street league uh, right. or youth league at the okay. time. It was um, Milton Athletic with um, Dougie McKenzie um, who took the team there. So it was just joining in that group. Um, so because I was new to the area, we, we, we just joined the team. And um, I think there was like Telford Street, there was other selects and quite competitive youth league if I look back uh, some really good players in it um, and I know that there was coaches that were were interested you know to, to take me in terms of their teams and you know like the Inverness United teams that would go to tournaments and stuff but at the time I came you know all the fundraising was done and all the teams were selected and stuff so so I wasn't able to be part of any of that but um uh, initially, initially, and then, um, I mean, yeah, I, I remember training with like Inverness Thistle. Uh, I remember being at Nairn County. I remember going on trials at Aberdeen. Like, there's so many memories. I just can't remember. I remember even having trials at Chelsea down at uh, down the Central Belt. Okay. Uh, so it was just weird. I just I don't know how, quite how I got. I sometimes ask my dad, like, how did I get all this? Like, who, who, you know, who set it all up? Because it doesn't, doesn't just happen, you know. No, um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, then I guess I, I must have just settled at Nairn somehow with, with, with um, some of uh, the guys I've been playing with. And then next thing, I, I was played left-back for, for Nairn County's first team uh, when I was 16. So it was, um, and, and, you know, typically I, I never played I never played defensive at all throughout my whole, my whole youth. Okay. Um, so I was always more of an attacking midfielder, um, but obviously because I was left-footed and they needed someone, so I was just thrown in at left-back um, for Nair County at the time, and it was probably probably a good thing in terms of um, Nair weren't that great at the time, if I'm honest. Okay. Um, so I probably I probably got about five games worth of defending in one game. <laughs> so it was like you, you learn a lot and you learn very fast. Um, plus you had a lot of um, grown men uh, around you, um, you know, giving you a lot of powers if, if you didn't do things right. So you kind of learn very, very fast. Um, you're thinking, I don't want to do that again. Uh, <laughs> you know, and it's, um, it's a far cry from what, you know the the youth of today get you know because it's they maybe don't see or, or understand the severity of, of of errors or mistakes so it's mm-hmm. they maybe they'll they'll continue to keep making them because it's there's no one really there with that sort of hard rule um and, you know on the sidelines or even on the pitch so so you know it maybe wasn't nice at the time but certainly learned uh, very quick um and I don't think I played in there in that long I think it was just that that season I don't even know if it was a full season to be honest but um, and it was just the very last game of the season that, that kind of I guess really sort of kick-started my career um, because we played Cali at Telford Street um, and I was uh, I was marking Danny McDonald and I'd, I'd managed to have a, a really good game against him and, and you know never gave him a, a touch of the ball basically couldn't get past me and and then obviously 
with what was happening with the amalgamation, um, you know, after that that season, with Sergey becoming the the manager and Danny McDonald becoming the assistant. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I haven't spoken to Danny since. Obviously, he he said that he he was he remembers kicking the doors in at half time because he was he was absolutely fuming. He couldn't get past the sixteen year old. And then after the game, he, he was saying that to to Sergey. He said, "You need to sign that boy. You know, he's he's only sixteen and he's already showing that you know a certain certain bit of potential." So that's kind of how that that came about. Um, and. Uh, Obviously, it was an opportunity that I couldn't turn down, even though Nairn were not wanting me to go, um, and, and giving me all the all the uh, things. Oh, you'll never play, and you've, they've got Mark McAllister there, the best best left back, and you, know, you better stay in here. And which is fair enough; they're just fighting for what what they want to do, you know. But mm-hmm. but no, I was I was I was uh, adamant I was going, and and, um, and it worked out. Yeah, you mentioned there, and we've had a few guys that have been on the podcast that have been exposed to Highland League football at a very young age you know you're 16 there and from the sounds of things you know it's 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 make or break stuff at that age at that level um you know in, in terms of it's a very harsh learning environment from the Highland League you then step up to you know play uh, for Cali Thistle they're involved in the, the third division it's obviously a a, a, a momentous year for the football club. Their their first year as the, uh, the the two joined forces, Thistle and Cali, to become Caledonian Thistle. Uh, what was it like at that time? I mean, obviously very exciting for you as a, as a 17, 16, 17 year old joining a club in the now senior setups. What was it like that season? Yeah, it was, it was certainly an eye opener for me. Um, I think because obviously there was a. Um, you know that that the level of, 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 of play was that much much higher, and then the competitiveness. Um, there was a lot of really good players um, in, in that squad. But the one thing that we kind of you know once it sort of we got through, I guess preseason, it was I was the only one left in terms of being like a, a young one. You know, there was like I was like seventeen, and then I think the next youngest was like twenty three. So it was quite a big gap for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I always remember the very first training session. There was um, like Charlie Christie and, and Colin Mitchell had a punch up. So I was like, "He was this is this is quite insane, you know." But it just showed you that how how competitive they were and how how much of a you know winning mentality was was in that squad. Um, so it was it was definitely an eye opener. Um, you know, I just wanted to go in and. And just learn and, and, and listen and watch, and it wasn't about you know trying to it wasn't about trying to get in straight away. It was just about you know having seeing where I where I'm going to be, and, and, and as long as I'm progressing, then I'm, I'm happy with that. Um, and then it wasn't uh, it wasn't very long. Then Mark McAllister got injured, so it was I, would, I must have been in. But I don't even know if not not too many games in. I'm just maybe two three games in and. Um, I was in the team, and um, obviously with Sergey playing, it was it was a massive help to me because he was able to to help me and, and, and you know guide me in terms of, of how 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 to play. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was it was you know I was really fortunate in that respect to have that. Um, and then because I was doing well, even when Mark McAllister came 
came back. He, he never actually got back into the left back role. They actually moved him to left centre back. So obviously, because he's, he's he's a good player, you want him on the pitch. But um, he ended up just playing one inside, and, and we made a, a partnership in that respect as well. So so yeah, I mean, it was uh, uh, you know I wasn't expecting to break in that early, but I did. Um, you know, I think looking back now, it's it's just you're you're in that sort of. Sort of um, I always say that now. Now I'm coaching, you know, coach under eighteen boys, seventeen boys. They just they just they're brave. They play very very free and brave because they actually don't know any better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that, that's, yeah, I get that. it's a bit of naivety. Um, and it's only when you get older you're thinking. You know, or watching kids, you're like, he, he, he shouldn't be doing that. But, but yet you're a kid, you don't really know, so you just do it, you're fearless. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when, you know, I, um, yeah, I just, I, I, I really seem to enjoy it and just take any opportunity I had. And I was fortunate enough to score a couple of goals at, at Telford Street. Um, one was like a 35 yard, yard free kick in the top corner. Which sets you up, and then the very next game, I took another free kick, and it was the exact same thing, but it hit the post this time. So, um, but no, it just gives you that confidence, and I think that you have the players around you that that see that you're an asset as well, that you're you're doing a job on the team, no matter how, how old you are. Because uh, I'm still in school, mm-hmm. I'm still I'm still studying, I'm still in school, so it was uh, uh, it was it was a strange it was a strange thing, but. Um, but no, it was it was good. It was really good for me to be part of that, um, and I learned, you know, a tremendous amount in that in that first year. You mentioned him there, Sergei Baltacha. You'd spend a year with him. That was um, well, he took charge of of Cali Thistle in that that first season, and then departed in the summer of nineteen ninety five. Um, a former international, um, as well, very defensive minded coach. Um, how did um, what, what was it like working with uh, Sergei Baltacha? Because, as you said, he was a reassuring influence on you as a, as a youngster breaking into the into the first team, but also he had that wealth of experience behind him as well as a as a player. Yeah, you know, and I think that that you know, I I, I can sort of relate to that now, like because I I feel that when I was towards the end of my career I was able to help the younger ones out of that as well so it was like you know I almost became Sergey in that respect you know an international player helping out and I was always wanting to do that and it was it, it was a I don't know he just he never he wasn't a, a manager that just got on at you he, he you know was always there to, to, to help you but give you a little stern word when you needed it um, but more just trying to help you um and he would cover, and he would, and then you know because he was such a good player, he was able to maybe cover a few of the mistakes, and then but he would make sure you understood that what you needed to do better next time, you know. <laughs> um, and then I think I mean I forgot about this, but I think there was boys that were saying that he introduced like um, you know, your your number of passes and things like that, your accuracy and all that stuff. I don't actually remember having like stats and stuff. Okay. Um, that they did that but I can't remember myself but I know that uh, speaking to some of the other players that they, they remember him bringing that in so which is quite strange when you think about what's happening now with all these stats and he was wanting to to bring that in way back then and um, 
and it did it did make players quite conscious um, of, of what they were doing with the ball <laughs> rather than being wasteful with it so uh, maybe like you say he was a bit ahead of his time in, in other aspects as well but uh, but no I still keep in touch with him as well um, you know you say he's just a, a really a really good guy as well um, you know just a football a football person and, and to be able to learn uh, from him at such an early stage in my in my career was, was uh, obviously a huge benefit going forward. Steve Patterson comes in to replace him in the summer of uh, 1995. We've had Pelly on the podcast and we've had a lot of uh, players, uh, former players of, of Pelly talk about him and his, and his spell at the football club. You obviously you know play a, a pivotal uh, part in, uh, in the success that, that Cali Thistle have under Steve Patterson over the next couple of years. I, I want to skip forward a wee bit because um, 1996... You're 18 at the time, and Cali Thistle go up against uh, the well, one of the best football clubs in the country at the time. And I'm not just talking Scotland; I'm talking United Kingdom as well because they were formidable um, at the time. Rangers, uh, you're drawn against them in the in the Scottish Cup. Down at Tannadice, um, obviously, we'll talk about another pairing with uh, the old firm in the Scottish Cup uh, in a few moments' time, but. That game against Rangers, how excited were you as a as a as a teenager uh, to be going, you know, early into your professional career, going up against such a, a big team and a big club and big players like Rangers? Yeah, I mean it was. Um, I mean, you, you couldn't believe what, what was going what was ahead of you. Um, you know, obviously being in England um, for those four years as well, I was, I was a big England fan as well. So there was like. Knowing that Gaza would be there, mm-hmm. as, uh, playing against Gaza, and, and then Loudrup and uh, McCoyst and Haley were just banging the goal. So it was just such a yeah, they were. Uh, you're right, they were just such a uh, formidable team. And I think for us, it was it was all about you know obviously we just want to do your best, but you, you want to uh, enjoy the occasion as well, um, and just and just sort of. You know, do give a good account of yourselves because you know we got ourselves to the, the thing was the, was the quarterfinals. Quarters, yeah, we, yeah. It wasn't like it was the first round, uh, first round or anything. So we had to earn the right to get there. Um, and it was actually unfortunate in the game that the first, the opening goal was an own goal. So it wasn't even like they they broke the deadlock. We we broke the de- deadlock ourselves. Um, and I always remember it was a bit was a bit awkward for me because. It was it was a game I was looking forward to as it was, but then right I always remember the week building up to that. There was all this stuff in the press about about me getting a move and, and things like that, and so it, it kind of overshadowed a little bit because you know I ended up having to say stuff like you know um, you know I'm not the finished article. I'm only eighteen. I'm going to be up against Loudrip, and you know, and, and and I think a reporter kind of grasped on the one thing I said, um, and then made a headline out of it terms of saying oh don't price me out of a move and all this other stuff so it kind of which that kind of frustrated me at the time but um because i just i just want to go play and test myself against obviously i knew it'd be mark and uh, loud drip and i knew it'd be a tough tough game so but um but you know what, what the press are like they, they want to get in and, and get their their story out so um, but no i managed to get obviously once once the, we were down at uh, we were down at the hotel and stuff you know, you're, you're only thinking of the game. 
and it was just you're just buzzing you know you're just buzzing to, to, to get out on the pitch against these guys um, but I have to say once the, once the game started I mean it was you, you, you know you, you couldn't help but respect what you know the players that were out there in your yep. brigades but it does certainly you know you it didn't you didn't just lie down and take it you, you wanted to compete you know and I think that's one of the things that that um, you know stayed with me my, my whole career and in fact probably was the reason I had a career was that I didn't really care who I was up against I was always going to test myself and, and do as, the best as I possibly could you know I would try and always rise to a challenge rather than go oh well nothing's expected of me so it's okay if I get beat it wasn't, I wasn't that way uh, inclined so even though I was up against Slaudrup it was like no okay you're you know you're a world star but I'm still going to try and do you know I'm still going to try and get the better of you so it's, it was just a mentality thing for me um, you know when the chips are down how, how, how much can you can you can you go and that's that's kind of the way I've, I've always been Brian Loudrop is often regarded as one of the best players or one of the best foreign imports to have graced the Scottish game you know and probably uh, it's to strike a balance between the, the two clubs in Glasgow but when everyone mentions Larson Loudrop swiftly follows and vice versa Brian Loudrop was a class act what was it I mean you, you mentioned they're very difficult to, to to play against them what was it that made them that so good on that that, that day he just um, for such a big guy like he was a good 6'2 6'3 like he, he, he's not and, and you, it's, it's, it's weird to have someone that that's, that's that kind of stature that's so so smooth and, and comfortable on the ball and just his movement was just effortless um, so it was, it, was, it, was, it was actually hard to get close to him mm-hmm. because he, he he could cut inside he could go outside and I think he actually Megan there's a picture that you can see the ball goes through my legs <laughs> but because um, but yeah he, he just yeah, he, he, and he was deceivingly quick as well. So he would just he could he, he just dropped the shoulder and he was gone. Um, but technically, just uh, very very good. You know, the ball was stuck to his foot, um, and you know, it was, like you say, it was it was it was just about it. I mean, and, you know, when I think when you're when you're at the level that I was at the time, all you can do is do your best to stick with him, and, and it's it's more hard work and. You know, there's not a case of savvy defending. You just, you know, you. I wasn't, I wasn't that uh, grounded yet um, in, in in the game. Mm-hmm. So it was just, it was just endeavour. It was just endeavour. Get what tackles you can. Get get what scraps you can off of them. But um, but no, it was it was a, it was a, a difficult ninety minutes for sure. <laughs> but uh, but one that you would still say right. Well, I've learned a lot from it as well. And as I mentioned there, I mean. We'll go on to talk about the Celtic game shortly after, but that late 90s was an incredible spell for Inverness Cali Thistle. Obviously, the, the, you know, the inception in 94, reaching the quarterfinals of the Scottish Cup in 96 was a, was a big achievement, and coming up against Rangers uh, for the first time in a competitive game was, was something uh, that, that was a bit special too. Shortly after, the club win the, the third division, another fantastic achievement. And and then the club are up to the first division by by nineteen ninety nine and you know we we talked to to Steve Patterson about the the kind of the ambitions from Dougie McGilvery at the time the the kind of the, the milestones along the way 
that third division uh, triumph was was a was a big achievement and, and helped the club on the way. Talk to us about that winning that third division, but also the late nineties. I mean, there's been in Cali Thistle's short uh, twenty six year career, there's been some terrific teams. But talk to us about the late nineties because there were some 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 brilliant players at, at the time at that football club, and and as I say, winning winning leagues along the way. Yeah, I think it was. It was, you know, if you look back at the players that we had, um, and, and it just, we, we just, I mean, we, we had to even remember that how much we had to travel, you know, I mean, that was just, we were sort of behind the eight ball right before a ball was kicked because we'd already had to travel three and a half, four hours to, mm-hmm. to games, but but we had, um, you know, obviously it was more of a, a sort of local and, and sort of ex-Highland League um, players to begin with um, and then we started started to get some more players coming in from you know the central belt or that had fallen out of favour and just needed a second chance and we started picking up picking up guys like that which you know it wasn't massive changes it was just boys that would just come in and it would just complement what we already had and um, I think I think we needed to have you know I think we needed that you know um the, the initial sort of squads that we did, I think we needed to have that because I think it's big enough as it is having a, a you know amalgamation of clubs and a new name and everything else. You know, if you were then to just go and try and get tons of you know brand new squad, I think it would have probably taken longer. But certainly taking what we had at the, at the start um, and got and because the, the, the players rose to that next challenge. I, I think a lot of them had probably. Giant killed in their own in their own clubs, mm-hmm. um, you know, for Cali and for Thistle. So it wasn't maybe maybe this was the challenge that they wanted on a weekly basis, you know, and, and you know I know obviously Alan Hirscher scored the, the hat trick in the first game and things like that. And it just shows you that you know we could compete, you know, and, and there is a lot of talent uh, in the Highland League. So I think it was right to go with those types of players at the beginning, and obviously we got out of that. Oh, out of the third division and then we started picking up players like Paul Sheeran who I still think is probably probably the best player that that, that, that we ever signed you okay. know and I remember I always remember him coming on trial and we were down at Charleston and he came along and within like I mean just within the first time the ball came to him I'm like looking at guys going we need to sign this guy <laughs> <laughs> like he just yeah he just he just lived. You mean he just he, he he had such great vision and 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 he just played the game at such a tempo and and it, it really then brought everyone else on as well. You know, and I think because he was down at Southampton and okay, he never, he never made it there, but whatever he'd learned there, he was able to bring and, and show us that there's you know another level and uh, and, and obviously he, he had a massive. Impact on the success of, of of the team during that sort of period that you're that you're talking about. Um, but no, it's, it's it's quite it's quite amazing how many players did come and go. Um, not to say that we you know brought in ten at a time and all that type of stuff. Yeah, but, yeah. But um, I don't know. I just think you know that Steve Patterson managed to get the right people in. Um, 
and, and people always say, oh, well, what, what was Steve so good at? Well, he must have been this and he must have... It's just like, it was almost that less is more. It was, it was a strange one. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, I don't mean it in the way that didn't need Steve, but I mean it in the way that he he gave us so much freedom and so much trust and, and, and we just went and played. You know, and I think that was probably his biggest... His biggest strategy. He didn't bog us down with with you know tactics or, or this or that. He just he just had told us basically here's what the formation you're gonna play, here's what I want you to do, you're good enough to do it, let's just go do it. And it was very and he just let us play. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think that, that was uh, uh, you know, that's what everyone as a player just wants. You know, they just wanna go out and play. It's just, it's almost like being a kid again. Um I think that was probably the key, um, key to, to, to a lot of that success. Um, and, and like you said, we had faith in what he wanted us to do, but he had faith, he probably had more faith in us than we had in ourselves, to be honest. Um, and, and I think that showed over the over the years. And, and I think it was, it was, it felt pretty bad on that last game against Livingston when, because we did want to win the league. You know, I knew, we, we knew that it didn't matter if we'd lost we were going up anyway, but we wanted to go up as champions. And uh, when we were three 0 down after twenty seven minutes, <laughs> it was like, oh no, this is uh, this is not how it was, it was meant to be. But um, you know, I think that's probably the only time I've really seen Steve like really like full on, you know, um, annoyed, like really annoyed mm-hmm. with everyone, um, and, quite, and rightly so. You know, rightly so. He was. It was something I think we all wanted, and we just we we never gave ourselves that chance really. Once you're, we made a game of it as you know, but it was, uh, it was we were playing massively uh, catch up uh, for the rest of that game. Now you mentioned there Pelly, Paul Sheeran, and also Giant Killers, uh, which leads me on very nicely to uh, February two thousand. Um, of course, the the night that Super Cali went ballistic. We've talked to. Uh, so many of the squad that were involved in that uh, in that famous night already, but uh, well, the month of February two thousand is is one of the uh, quite simply is an incredible month for yourself uh, personally, which I'll go on to talk about in a few moments' time. But first of all, it starts with one of the biggest Scottish Cup shocks in in history, if you like. I know there's been a few you know uh, a few giant. Killing uh, giant killings, and you know, and 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 the, the olden days, if you like, uh, the sixties and seventies and, and what have you. But in terms of modern day, it's right up there, one of the the biggest. Uh, Cali Thistle going to Celtic Park and beating Celtic by three goals to one. Uh, talk to us about your your memories and and what 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 will stick with you forevermore uh, from that night. Yeah, I think it was. You know, we were ready to go. We were obviously down there. Um, on the, the first uh, the first day that got cancelled, mm-hmm. um, so we were it was obviously frustrating because you were you were you were hyped up to play it and then obviously we had to come back down. Um, but I've kind of always been a I've always been a believer and, and even more so than after that. But being a believer that if a game doesn't kick off or if a game's not at Saturday Saturday at three o'clock, then anything can happen. I I always just think that you know with all Growing up, either watching watching games or being part of games, that it's Saturday three o'clock, and I think because it's that's ingrained in you, you you're always fully at your best. 
because of that's 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 what you train for, and that's what your your whole career's been. So I would believe that if there's games that are not at Saturday on Saturday at three o'clock, then they can always throw up different results than mm-hmm. expected. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't I didn't think that it would it would end up like it did, but um, but certainly you've spotted to go in every game and, and and just think, well, you know what, we've got nothing to lose. You know, got nothing to lose. And again, um, Steve was was had a game plan, positive. Said, right, here's what we're going to do. And I do remember being very, like, very positive. It was like we can hurt them here. We can, you know, and which is strange because yeah. you're thinking, well, hang on a minute, <laughs> we should be wondering how we're going to, you know, typically when you're playing against a team that strong, you'd be you'd be talking about what you'd be worried about. Um, and it was, it was. So there was that kind of right from the get go. It wasn't a oh, this is going to be just sitting back and then just pray. You know, there was actually he'd highlight things in areas where where he believed that we could we could hurt them. Um, so I think going into it, it was just I mean just the stadium and then and the roar and then everything. It just you can't help. I mean, if you can't get motivated by that, you know, I didn't. I, I think that's the thing I always find when you go to. To, to Parkhead or or Ibrox, it's it, you can either be scared of it and be you know fearful of the noise, or you use it to your own motivation and and, and it gets you right up for it. Um, and that's why I find when I go to those places, it's just just the, the crowd. It's, it's it's such a it's such a, a buzz, and, and you just can't wait to get going then. Um, but obviously, when we the way the, the game panned out. You know, scoring first, and I think we were obviously didn't didn't really expect that we would be able to do that. When we did score, it was you know probably more belief, and then even with what Steve had said before the game, we were thinking he was maybe maybe he's right, maybe mm-hmm. there's something here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, th- I always think that the biggest thing that we did that night was was after the equalised because that you know how many times you see you know we've like we've woken the beast and then they yep. get back on, on level terms and then they just whitewash you but but for us to then go and steady the ship and then come back again I, I just think that's the, probably the biggest thing because that doesn't often happen um, and then obviously to go on and get the third was was and, yeah, and, and I always remember just thinking like don't get me wrong I was, I was watching the clock quite a lot but um <laughs> Once we got the third, you did. You felt so confident then, you know, and and um, you know. I remember, I remember Ian Wright had come on by that stage, and he was, yep. you know, playing against one of the, one of the greats as well. And mm-hmm. but you just felt, well, you've got that two goal lead, and and then there's even more to dig in and fight for. And as long as we at the back can can do our job and and. Uh, you know, win the ball, play the ball, and, and that's that was one thing I maybe maybe surprised Celtic players was that you know we weren't just getting it and then lumping it or, or, or just playing the ball up up in the, into corner. We actually were playing like Charlie Christie wanted to play, you know, um, Paul Shearer wanted to play. The boys just wanted to play, and they were capable of playing and having that that had that sort of calmness and, and, and bit of experience to just say no I don't care we're playing Celtic we're going to play the ball we're going to play passes 
and we're going to show some composure and, and I think that was a, a thing that was maybe we didn't expect that that we were able to do that but um, that was quite a, a good thing for us as well when you're kind of so because uh, if, if you start lumping it maybe you show that you're you're panicking and, but we did show a level of composure on the ball even when uh, like you say when, when we had it so um, but no just a, obviously an unbelievable occasion and uh, you know the, the, something that you'll tell obviously never I'll never forget um, and the feeling when the final whistle went and obviously we all see the, the pictures afterwards yep. and we're all celebrating in front of the fans but um, no it was just an unbelievable occasion now we've heard stories of the, the bus journey back and the, the, the days that preceded uh, the, the days after the, the game the, the, the drinking sessions, the parties, um, in fact, I think it was Barry Wilson who said, I, I, forgive me now, I can't remember who, was it Morton you were playing perhaps after the game, after the Celtic game, and it was a it was a 3-0 defeat, something like that, it was a, I don't think anyone was in a fit state to play, however, now, I'm not sure if you headed back up the nine with the rest of the guys, but your story might be different, because you headed to America um, to take part in the uh, Gold Cup, for Canada, so did you head back to Inverness, or was it straight over to to the states? Yeah, so it was. Um, yeah, that was bizarre because I had to go straight to um, basically straight to the Holiday Inn at the Glasgow airport, and okay. that was me. Um, <laughs> and I just sat. Uh, you know, I was on cloud nine, but I was just sat in sat in my room. I think I had an early flight, like six in the morning. So we just sat in the room, and, and then sports scene came on, and I watched the whole. You know all the highlights again. It was yeah. just, and I just, it was, I could not believe what we'd just done. And you just wanted to tell everyone, but there was no one. I was just sat in my room. <laughs> um, and then obviously it was up the next day, and in the airport, and I can see people reading paper, and it was all over the paper. And but you're so proud of what you, you know, what you've just been part of, and yep. you kind of want to tell people that oh, I was part of that. That was me. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, not get that. Yeah, I just, I just couldn't believe it. So yeah, so I didn't really, I didn't get to celebrate at all. I was just completely on my own. Um, I had to take a taxi from from Parkhead straight there, and, and that was it. So I only know what what you've been told uh, <laughs> as well from from secondhand or pictures or whatever. Um, so there's no celebration, and, and like I was saying, I was straight over to uh, <clears throat> to LA. So yeah. So your teammates, your teammates got to then, you know, go off and celebrate, but you had cause for celebration as well uh, shortly after because as I mentioned the, the February uh, the month of February in 2000 was was a momentous month for yourself started with beating Celtic in the Scottish Cup you went on to represent Canada in the um, the Gold Cup and you go in and win it and it's it's a it's a terrific story of, of Canada winning the the Gold Cup that year because you're in a group with Costa Rica and South Korea uh, two draws uh, two each against Costa Rica, nil nil against South Korea, and I, personally, I mean, I've heard of it done, but but not, uh, you know, twenty years ago. It just it seems quite crazy for the group to be decided. Uh, well, a place in the next round between yourself and South Korea on a coin toss. I mean, uh, it, it's just unheard of, but that actually did happen. And I think was it South Korea called tails and it landed heads. And that is how you, you progress to the quarterfinals. It's quite a quite an amazing story. Yeah, uh, I think 
that's that was the probably the I mean it's still to the day it's the way they, they run the, the tournament but when you only have three teams in the tournament there's you know there's every chance that all the teams will finish bang on level with everything you know and that's mm -hmm. what happened so um, everything was was level so that the only way you could decide it was uh, from, from a coin toss so um, it was just you know obviously it, it, it was our day we got that um, we got through um, and that took us through to, to the quarterfinals and you're now playing Mexico and, and, and you're thinking well obviously we're playing in Mexico this is it's uh, it's going to be uh, I think they were ranked 10th in the world at some time, at that time so mm -hmm. we knew uh, we knew it was going to be um, not impossible but we we knew it was going to be tough um, but there was just a little bit of, we done okay we done quite well against Costa Rica and maybe unlucky against South Korea that we hadn't, hadn't got a win in that game but and the team was was coming together, and then obviously we maybe just you know seen that obviously it was fortunate that we, we, we got through, and then we, we showed a, a really good account of ourselves um, against Mexico, got it to, to extra time, and then I managed to score the golden goal, which which puts through to the semi. So it was it kind of it then just became I think once we won that game. It was like right, we could actually do something now. You know what I mean? And it was we had no right to, to, to think that or believe that, but you're thinking right, well we've won a coin toss, so there's a bit of fortune. We've now put Mexico out on a golden goal. Right, who's next and what's next? And you know, we had to play Trinidad um, in, in the semi finals. And uh, another big game, another, you know, Dwight York and Russell Labby, I mm -hmm. mean, they were they had Shaka Islop, you know, a lot of really good players as well. So it was another yeah. really tough, tough game. But we just seemed to go t together more as a, as a as a team because we were quite, I would say, we were quite cliquey. Um, we had divisions in our in our squad in terms of ages. There was like you know the guys that were 27, 28, 29 kind of stuck together, and then the younger ones stuck together and. But as the tournament went on, we kind of we always just had that belief when, when we got on the pitch that we were together, you know. And it's, um, you know, don't get me wrong, there was some outstanding performances from from uh, like our goalkeeper Craig Forrest, in, in, especially in the semi-finals, um, saving penalty and saving other shots. But um, once we got to the final against Colombia. Faustino and Sprina heading up uh, their strike force mm -hmm. but to beat them um, so no, I would say it was an unbelievable um, and the thing for me was that I wasn't uh, I hadn't been established in that starting 11 with with Canada going into that tournament Okay. so that was kind of a I think I remember saying to my to my friend who's like, "Oh, you're going off." I'm like, "Yes, is about I'll probably sit on the bench for a week and then I'll be back." You know, I won't be doing much. But um, but Paul Fenwick, who played at Hibs at the time, he, yeah, he yeah. got injured and in, he got injured in the in the Costa Rica game, so I came on it uh, on it to, to replace him. I was marking big Paulo uh, one chop and oh, uh, one chop. And uh, that was a that was you know it was a tough one, but 
um, but I managed to do well and then that's when the, the manager said to me he goes oh I, I want you to play the next game as well he says you've done well and you're going to start the next game which I was happy with but then he followed up with he says you're going to play midfield I was like what <laughs> I said what do you mean because I came on at sort of left centre back and or even left centre back at a three and he goes no no he says you, you, I like the way you play he says you're going to be fine blah 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 I said you do realise I've never played there ever you do realise that he's like yeah he says I'm fine with that he says you'll be fine don't worry and so yeah I played the rest of the tournament in the middle of a like you know, three the three of us in the middle of a of a five, so we played a three five two. And it was just yeah, just getting in there, making tackles, making passes and then and, and you know, trying to trying to, to, to get on the attack. So it was um so I came away from that tournament and you know, I got that the sort of young player in the tournament as well on the back of all that. Mm-hmm. Um so no, it was an unbelievable um unbelievable experience. Um but then the same finish as it was with the Celtic was um, I wasn't able to celebrate with anyone either because I had to get on an overnight flight oh, back to Aberdeen for the replay. Yep. Um, so so I missed the celebrations of, of the Gold Cup as well to get back um, for the replay uh, at the Tawdry. Yep. So I was absolutely jet-lagged and, and I remember getting up and then had like a triple espresso just to try and stay awake and then we played the game uh, we lost I think was it 1-0 no, we one lost 1-0 no, yeah but um, but I got mad of the match and I was thinking you know I was just I was just on a on a high and I was I was just you know felt so confident and we were putting a good performance and then and okay I got I got mad of the match but which was a nice thing to happen, you know, in terms of, you know, because I was worried I was, I was going to let everyone down because, I, you know, I'd, I'd been flying overnight and, you know, you were never going to be in your best, um, you know, best of, of of health in that respect. But you just rose to the challenge and I thought about a year ago and I've got, you know, I can't let anyone down. You know, I've, they've flown me in for a reason and and I've got to do my best and. Um, which which I did, but unfortunately it was just a bit short on on, on the night. But you're right in saying it was. Um, I mean, it was easily the best month of my career, um, and and for it to be basically filled with giant killing, you know, that's yeah. what it was filled yeah. with. Yeah, that's right. We just didn't have a right to win any of those games, um, but we did. Um, you know, one loss can happen, but for to have it happen for the whole month, <laughs> it was a bit crazy. I watched uh, I watched your um, your golden goal against Mexico in the quarterfinals, and I'd forgotten how golden goal always comes in for a bit of stick. Uh, but personally, I, I, having watched your goal against Mexico in the quarterfinals, reminded me just how good golden goal can be because obviously it's a quarterfinal, you're into extra time, um, and and the devastation on the goalkeeper, uh, the Mexican goalkeeper. I mean, the camera seems to stay on him. I think you're off celebrating with your teammates and the camera sticks on this Mexican goalkeeper. I've forgiven, he, forgiven me, I've forgotten his name, but he, he just looks inconsolable that that Canada have scored and, and that's it. Literally, just one goal yeah. and it's all that's, over. That, that's the, the, the feeling you have is, 
you know, you it, obviously in the game you'd say, oh, there's no better the feeling than scoring a goal, which is true mm-hmm. for 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 basically every every part of the of, of of a career. But but when you can score that goal, that is better than scoring a goal because it's it's something that can't be you can't come back to it. You can't come back from it. It's done. It's over. And so you not only you feeling you know jubilation and then you're feeling but you're feeling you know there's the, the, all that pressure's gone the, 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 nobody can come back at you because even if you score a goal a team can then come back you know and, and you start to see it out but there was just that elation there was you know I, I don't know it was just such a weird mix of emotions all thrown into one um, that only like you say a golden goal can throw up you know um, so it was um yeah, just an unbelievable, unbelievable feeling um, to be able to score. Because I remember going into the injury time, uh, into the extra time itself, yeah. and I was absolutely done in. And I remember my my under twenty coach, who was the assistant at the time, and he was there doing the old stereotypical shaking the legs, you know. And you know, and I looked at him and I said, "Bruce, I have got nothing left." And he's like. He says, you do, you do, you've got it. I'm like, right, I said, I'm just going to give it out. I said, I'll, I'll just go off, give what's left in the tank. And luckily, there was that one run left in me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but no, it was, like you say, a special moment. And it was an incredible month, as you as you mentioned there. Obviously, it come, you come back and you uh, you play in that Scottish Cup replay at Pataudry as well. Your, your time at Cali Thistle comes to an end in, in 2000 and... Uh, at 2000 and 2001 uh, so the following season uh, your time comes to an end you moved to Ross County um, now I was trying to do a bit of digging to, to, to find out the the reasons behind that uh, that move across the Keswick Bridge um, but the, the, the best possible uh, answer for me is to, to ask the man himself what, what exactly happened then in between uh, leaving Cali Thistle and moving to Ross County yeah I think there was quite a few different things flying about um, about what, what probably, and I think most of it comes down to golf. Well, you know, most people would say it's 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 money because Ross County was always always seemed to pay a little bit more, um, or certainly had the capabilities to do that. Um, but no, but, I mean the truth. The truth was that I'd been at the club seven years, um, and. I was offered a, I was offered a three year contract that was that was uh, had a, a, a testimonial tied in and everything I could I couldn't have asked for a better contract there was nothing there was not an issue with anything but it was from my point of view it was so difficult because I'd been I'd been constantly being linked with moves here and there and Middlesbrough and Arsenal and, and I'd been constantly. And, I, and I, I still had ambitions to, to go on to do other things. Um, and I just felt that if I'd signed that contract, then that would be me at, at, at Cali for, from all, that would be me like here forever. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't a down thing on Cali, but it was just, I had ambitions, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did say to them, I said, look, I'm sorry, but I'm going gonna, I'm, 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 I'm gonna to turn it down. And then I went to... Um, an agent that, that, that organised a, <clears throat> uh, a trial down at, at Luton. It was Luton Town. I had been on trial as well at, uh, where was it, Bournemouth. Uh, and then I think Ipswich as well earlier on. So, okay. um, 
and but things just didn't work out. Things hadn't worked out. The looting thing went really weird and sour. So I found myself back up um, in Inverness, and uh, so then you know Steve was like, "Right, well, we know that you're, you know, we know that you you have ambitions to go away. So let's not let's not do the three year. If you want, you know, we could help each other. Let's sign a year." then you're happy because then you can still move on and we'll be happy because we'll still have your services and um, I said well let me think about it and then while I was thinking about it then Danny McDonald phoned me at, at Ross County and yep. said well we heard you're back what's what's happening blah 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 and I said well don't really know what I'm doing yet oh I'll come over for a coffee blah 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 and then I kind of just looked at what was over there and seen their setup and everything else and I just thought to myself, do you know what, if I'm going to be here for a year, I may as well give myself a new challenge, you know, because um, I felt I was getting a bit stale at, at, at Cali, mm-hmm. you know, and I wanted a new challenge, so I just thought, well, okay, well, let's just do it, let's just, I just want a new challenge, I was, that was, if I'm only going to be here for a year, let's just do it, um, and I agreed without even knowing what I was going to be paid. So that was, uh, you know, so that can, um, I just wanted the challenge. So then I had to go back to Steve and say, look, um, I don't know how to tell you this, but um, I'm not going to sign, um, I'm actually going to sign a year's contract with Ross County. So he was obviously shocked by that, but but he said to me, he says, so you're signing for them for a year? I said, yeah. I said, basically, that's it. So he goes, okay. He said, well, if you can promise me that you're only signing them for a year, he says, I will, you know, I'll shake your hand and I wish you, you know, all the best, you know. Okay. He says, but if I find out you've shot side longer, he says, I'll be, I'll be raging with you, you know. I said, no, I said, I can promise you that's, that's what I've done. I said, I just need a new challenge, Steve. And that, that's, I can't say any more than that, you know. Um, and then I went and negotiated and I didn't really negotiate, just, Here's, here was the contract and the, the, the wages were exactly the same as what Cali had offered me so there was no I didn't go for money I didn't go for it just I went for a new challenge and and I felt like all that that year yeah. and, and it was quite it was quite good because you know we had a really good squad there as well and the derbies were really good um, and you know I believe I believe that when I say we I meant as Ross County finished above Cali that year as well so um, it was a we had a pretty successful season and uh, and, I, and I pretty much got out of it what I wanted in terms of, of that you know uh, trying something new and being around new players and new management and things like that so it was so that kind of that was a bit of a long answer for you, but that's that's what happened. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. You mentioned the, the derbies there. Um, your first derby was a was a two one win against uh, Cali Thistle at Victoria Park Global Energy Stadium, uh, as it as it was uh, well as it's now known. What was it like going up? I mean, it's obviously we get you know the the people cross uh, well, in this case the Keswick Bridge. People have played for clubs against teammates, but. Cali Thistle, you know, over the last number of years, you've probably, you know, the, the same faces, you've probably been good teammates with these guys, and then suddenly, you know, having spent, you know, a good part of six, seven years alongside working with these guys, you know, achieving the successes you did, and then you're playing against them, 
uh, a couple of months down the line. What was that like? That first derby up against your uh, your old your old teammates? Yeah, it was. I mean, it was it was it was really enjoyable. I think you know. I think there was always that that it's going to be a, feel a bit strange, but but uh, once the, once the game kicked off, you were just you kind of just in your element, and and um, I actually think I was I was put in a bit in a different role as well. So they kind of maybe didn't know how to handle me because I was playing like almost like where I was with Canada, sort of as one of the sort of centre of a three in midfield. So I was kind of just getting the ball and just attacking and, and just driving. I remember like being through one-on-one and then I tried to dig the uh, dig the keeper and, and um, you know, so, and, and playing ball, playing people in. So I was obviously playing more attack-minded attack and, Playing up against Russell Duncan and a few meaty challenges going in and stuff like that, but it was, um, you know, I I I thoroughly enjoyed them and and uh, even the one at Cali Stadium. But it was funny because I remember being out. We were out. Um, cause I think I got man of the match in that game, mm-hmm. and uh, we were out in the town afterwards later that night, and we walked into one bar and the Cali boys were in there. And, Barry Robson comes up to me, he goes, I hated you for 90 minutes. <laughs> he said, I absolutely hated you. And then he's like, what do you want to drink? <laughs> so it was, you know, it's, that, that's, uh, that's what it's like. You know, you're all friends off it, but, um, you know, you, you're doing a job once you cross that white line. So it's, um, it, was, it was quite funny, uh, quite funny to, to hear him say that. The, the impression of Barry Robson was pretty spot on there. You, um, you you kept your promise to Steve Patterson because uh, the year after you you spent a year at Ross County and um, I think you mentioned there you wanted to try something different. You, you certainly did that, uh, and I never ever thought I'd be saying his name on the podcast. But you you went to the Arnold Schwarzenegger Stadium um, in two thousand to play for uh, Austrian side uh, Graz AK. Um, and then you then you spent a, a spell a year um, at uh, MVV Maastricht in uh, in Holland as well. Uh, your experiences of, of both we've we spoke to a few guests uh, Richie Hart and, and Michael Fraser uh, ring a bell they, they spent some time in, in Malta and, and I know Richie was in, in Sweden as well. Your experiences of, of playing abroad something that I, I'm I'm assuming you were you were keen to keen to do and and, and get that experience behind you uh, under your belt. Yeah, I mean, it was it was just an opportunity that came up. Um, I, I'd left. Um, I found myself obviously in a in a, in a position where I, I didn't really know my next move. Um, I had a national team game against Switzerland um, at the end of the season, so just at the back end of May, and I had a I had a decent game. And one of the agents was was there saying that there was a team. Was actually uh, SV Reed, which is another team in Austria that, that showed an interest. But I, I'd already set to to go back to Canada um, just for holiday, mm-hmm. so I was back there. And then I got a call from an agent, um, a Canadian agent that I know who obviously worked with another agent. And he said that there's a team, um, Graz AK, there that would like to take you on trial. You know, so I said, well, you know, find out a bit more about it. And I said, right, okay, let's. Well, I'm open for that. So yeah, I just went there and um, you know, they're a team that had finished I think third in their league, you know, in their in the Austrian Bundesliga, they were in Europe, they you know, qualified for Europe, they were a lot of international players, um, 
you know, Slovenians, Austrians, Slovakians, Macedonians. So mm-hmm. really, a really good, strong squad of, of players, um, as well as some some African international boys as well. So it was um, it was it was good. I really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, when I first got there, there was a Dutch coach, uh, Dutch manager, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I signed a two-year contract with them. I was really really delighted and really excited to, to get going uh, in that league and um, and then kind of as the season started we, we had a because because the club was a hundred years old they wanted to do like a celebration and have an exhibition game so they found another team that was a hundred years old um, and decided to play them which was um, Real Madrid so Real Madrid came to to Graz um, to play us, and uh, obviously you're thinking, no, this is unbelievable. I can't believe we're going to be playing um, against you know. The, and this is when they were the absolute sort of Galacticos. Um, we knew that the Brazilian players wouldn't be playing because they had just um, been at World Cup, so they were getting an extra time off. Um, and I just. You know, I just lucked out because I think both teams ended up fielding two different 11s um, for both the halves, but I managed to, to start the game, so I was in the starting 11, um, and, and luckily for me, so was Figo and, and Zidane, uh, and so it was, to be able to grace the field with, with them, it was, yeah. you, you know, I mean, we talk about Brian Laudrup, but um, when, when you see Zidane, um, he, that's just... He was he was at a, a completely different level. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's 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 ridiculous that people can be that good at football. Let's just say that you know, and it's it's a joy, and you just watch. It's just, it's 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 ridiculous. Um, you know how how smooth and how yeah, just how he moved. And again, for a big guy, Zidane, for yeah. a big guy, big feet to be able to have that much control. Um, like you say, he didn't. He just, he just, it's almost like he danced around the football pitch. Um, but I was sort of more directly up against Figo, so I had my kind of work cut out. But, um, but no, it was, I mean, it was unbelievable experience. And um, we actually beat them 3-2 on the night as well. Really? So okay, that okay. Extra, that was an extra bonus. Um, so that was, yeah, it started off really good. And then we were... Uh, we were in Champions League qualifying, so we were off to um, Sheriff Tiraspol in Moldova. Mm-hmm. And we we beat them 4-1 over there. I managed to, to score a, like a 25-yarder top corner. So I was delighted that I scored in, <laughs> scored in, in Europe. In the Champions um, League? Yeah, and then, so then we got, um, we got drawn against um, Lokomotiv Moscow. Yep. And then they decided to fire the coach. So in this in-between time, so which was a bizarre thing. So he got fired, and then um, it was like an intern, like the assistant guy kind of got, took the team, and he wanted to change things. So we lost 2-0 at home. Then we went to Moscow and drew 3 all, but it wasn't enough to, to, to go through. So so we dropped down into the Europa, or the UEFA Cup as it was, mm-hmm. and we went to, went to Cyprus to play the Apoel, Nicosia or Nicosia, however yep. you want to pronounce it, um, and narrowly lost to them. So, but um, but no, I mean I really 
enjoyed. I mean, there was that part of it was 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 brilliant to be part of. But even the league games, I really enjoyed. Um, the ones I played before the the new coach came in and decided he didn't like any foreigners at all. So um, okay. if you weren't Austrian or, or or from a country that bordered Austria, you were you weren't going to play. So it was um, it was a bit of a tough time. Um, but it was funny because one, when I played in Austria, Canada um, accepted a friendly against Scotland um, at Easter Road. So yep. I, I got to come back to Scotland when I was in Austria to play to play for Canada against Scotland. And the one thing I remember was that I was, I was marking Stephen, Stephen Thompson and, and I, you were able to be physical again because in Austria it was quite it was more technical and, and, and there wasn't a lot of like meat challenges going in and, but when I came back to Scotland I was like oh I can actually you know you can actually get in about people again yes um, get to grapple them realize. yeah well that's what it was yeah so um, but no it was, it was a great experience there and, and even the coach that came in uh, ex, ex-Austrian international Walter Schachner who was, a, who was, a, he was Austrian Vienna's coach right before very well respected guy and you know, I he never he never had anything to do with the foreign players, but I still took some stuff from him in terms of what he did in his coaching and um, you know just a lifestyle. I always tried to try to submerge myself, you know, like learning German and yeah, and speaking speaking with them, eating their eating what they eat and, and just seeing what what the culture was about. So um, I really enjoyed it. Um, but again, like you said, I had to move on. So then I, I managed to get uh, a move to Holland, which uh, which I enjoyed again. Uh, did enjoy it. Uh, took again took took t- t- took a lot from that. Learned some Dutch as well, which is very similar to, to German. So it was um, yeah. I, I mean, I really enjoyed it and just getting to know different cultures and, and, and uh, types of people. You know, you play with so many nationalities and, and and it just I think it makes me more of a well-rounded person as well because you know I've come in a company with people and they just can't handle stuff and I'm like well, what's the problem like, mm-hmm. that, like there's uh, like I don't know I just I just experience and I you know I've I've been fortunate enough to to I think travel I, I think I counted one time I, I got been about 54 countries in the world so you know, just fortunate enough to be able to have done that through football and absolutely, yeah, and and, and, and experience all these different you know cultures and different people um, and backgrounds and stuff like that. So and it has, I think, it's helped me a lot with my coaching as well because you know, there's not I'm quite adaptable now. Um, you know, from from not just being a footballer, but um, certainly being. Uh, in the circumstances that, that I've been, so so I wouldn't change in terms of uh, going across to Europe um, at all, and I think I came back a, a better person and a better a better player as well. Yeah, as you say, you do come back two thousand and four, and it's back to Cali Thistle. Now, in two thousand and one, when you left the club, they were under the management of Steve Patterson at the time at a first division club. When you come back in two thousand and four, um, John Robertson's at the helm. And the club are in the top flight, the SPL, as it was known back then. I was going to ask you what, what were the kind of the main changes at the club. Obviously, the obvious one is the, a new manager, and 
a new division, but I'm assuming that there was a well, a lot of your your, your former colleagues are still there. But in terms of the uh, what was the, the kind of standout change in, in three years, or, or was there any changes? Well, I think it was for, for, for me. I think that it was a it was a, a not that I timed it, but it was a great time to come back because the, the club had you know got into the Premier League, so there was a massive buzz around the place, um, and and yeah, I mean a lot of the players that I had been with were still there. Um, but they had brought in some new faces as well, so it was it was, it was a bit of a strange one because um, I had an opportunity to go to Livingston as well, um, okay. and then Robbo came because uh, he he knew of me when he was at Livingston, mm-hmm. so he he called and said, "Look, I've heard you're back in Inverness, and, and you you know you're you're looking for a club." And, he said, and I, you know, I, I've always known you. I've, I've liked you as a player, um, and uh, you know, I would, I would like to take you, take you. And obviously, we're, you know, we're, we're in the Premier League, and I've got to build my squad and add people to the squad. And you would be a player that I would certainly be looking at. He says, but I am also aware that you've left the club before, and I don't really know the reasons you left, and so you know. All I can say to you is that, you know, come in, just come in and, and see, you know, it's not a trial, but just come in and, because I, I know that I would want you, but I want you to to want to come back, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I don't know the reasons you left. So, um, come in and, and, and just get a feel for the place and, and, and if you feel it's where you want to come back, then we'll just do a deal, you know. So that's kind of how it happened. So it was a little bit strange, um, but once I was in, I was, you know, I could, I think if there was that new challenge again, I keep talking about having challenges, don't I? <laughs> but the new challenge of being in the Premier League, yeah. um, knowing that we would be up against, you know, top opposition every single week, um, and again, wanting to be part of something where you're, where you're always punching above your weight. Um, so so no, it was. I mean, it was great. You know, and I just had my <clears throat> my daughter was on the on the way at the time, so I kind of had to make a decision as well. I, I wanted to to make sure I could I could just um, set up home basically, you know, mm-hmm. as well. Um, so so it was good to get that out of the way, and um, I, I, I think I'm right in saying that we weren't able to play from the stadium at the start. We had to go to Aberdeen. Totally, yeah. So there was that, that aspect of it, um, but uh, but no, I just I was it was great. I think once we got going there, um, you know, we certainly found it difficult at the start, which I think was understandable. And because uh, you know we got we got uh, Donald McNaughton into the the psychologist. Of course, yeah. And then he he came in and did some work with us and, and just said, look, you know, you're 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 in this first period of the season and, and this is kind of what you it's, it's quite expected what's happened to you you know he says you're up against players you've never been up against the standard the teams so it's a little bit of sort of shock um, but once you what you'll find is once that probably first round of games are over 
you know, you'll be in that. Who, who cares anymore? You know, we, we can just get on with it. And, and that's kind of what happened. You know, we, we certainly did a little bit of deer in the headlights to begin with. And then we just, yeah, we just kind of thought, well, we're here. We've got to, let's make the most of it. And who cares anymore? And we just started playing and picked up results. So um, it ended up being a decent first season. Um, and like you say, we just had, I think we had a good com- combination with, with Robbo at the helm and Donald Parks, uh, his assistant. You know, they, they complement each other well. And mm-hmm. the training was, was, was always good and the setup was good. So, um, and they brought in some, some players that, that really, really sort of helped and solidified. Um, I remember they brought in Darren Dodds. Darren Dodds came in at the same time as me. And yep. You know, nothing flashy and, and all this, but I tell you what, we, we, we did a, he did a heck of a job, um, and we certainly missed it when he left. You know, that was one of the biggest things that I always remember when when he left. We couldn't, we just couldn't fill the void, and then it, it really impacted us when he left. Well, I was going to talk so, to you about that uh, the, the the combination there because, I mean, Craig Brewster comes in, and and, and I know Charlie had a spell uh, as manager as well uh, in between. You know, Craig's two spells at the club, but. The, the first season that you're there in the SPL, you, you play 11 times for the club, but then after that, you're you're 31 the season after, 40 appearances the season after, and 36. Um, and and Cali Thistle had... I think the key to Cali Thistle's success in the top flight was consistency. There was a lot of, you know, the same faces. Not every season there was a kind of... One or two signings arrived. I remember John Rankin came in, for example, you know, to kind of freshen the score up a little bit. But that unit at the back, I mean, for that three seasons that you know, I've said that you know you made thirty-one appearances, 40, 36, You look at the back four; it's pretty much a constant. Yourself, Darren Dodds, Grant Monroe, and Ross Tokley. I mean, obviously the you know the the, the players that, that go on and score the goals. I know that Craig Dargo and Dennis Wynas and, and and Barry and you know guys like that played their part too. Russell Duncan. Etc. Uh, going forward in the midfield and attack, but that back four. Talk to us about that unit because you guys were were uh, consistent in terms of selection, but also, you know, you you held your own in that league as well, and you, you formed quite a quite a formidable defensive unit. No, you're right. Um, uh, you know, and, and, and it, it kind of came about where it was. We were just find we were finding ourselves a little bit because it was. That, like you say, that first season with with um, with, with Robbo when that when he came in, it was um, right in that I, I never played as much that season, um, which was obviously frustrating because I you know, but I had to understand that that was the team that had won the league. So how do I get into that team now? You know, mm-hmm. you've got basically the guy that I'm trying to replace is the captain. <laughs> yeah. You know, so yeah. so I, I had to kind of just weigh things up, and then and then when when uh, when Robbo left, and uh, yeah, and then Craig Brewster came in, nothing really changed. To be honest, it was still the same. Uh, he still went with the same players, and and I remember saying, because I still had a year left on a contract, I remember saying to my wife, I said, look, I'm. I, I can't sit around here. I need to play, you know. So I'm going to go in and, and speak to to the manager and tell him that I, I want to go on. I want loan and 
and uh, we'll just see what happens. So I remember going in to see Craig Brewster, and I said, look, um, you know, obviously I could see the way the season was going. Um, you know, I'll, you know, things aren't going to really happen for me here. So, but I'm at a certain stage of my career, I need to play, um, and, and I, you know, I think we need to find whether I can go out alone or what's going to happen. And then he he shocked me by saying, no. He says I've he said I've came in and I've kept everything pretty much as normal because I didn't want to to to, to you know. Uh, rock the boat so much I just yeah, want, yeah. want to be aware I want to make sure make good decisions so I want I've been keeping things pretty much the same because I want to know if the people that were in those positions are the ones I want next year he says and I've watched you he says I've watched you in training I've watched you in, in, in the reserve he says everything about you is the type of player I want he said so he says, you're not going anywhere. He says, in fact, I'm going to offer you a new two-year contract. And uh, <laughs> I was kind of, uh, I was kind of speechless uh, because I wasn't uh, expecting that. And then he, he said, no, he says, you're going to be my starting left-back next year. He said, so just, he says, just get ready. Um, and then that's what started that period, like what you've just said there, yeah, those three yeah. years, where we, we had that. That it was it was an unbelievable part uh, not partnership but a back line um, and I think because you just had four guys that love defending you know and yeah it, yeah the art of defending and and, and 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 not only that you know I would get forward on the left Tokes would get forward on the right um, and I think it really did help having another left centre back like an actual left foot because Granny was so um, so it was just natural for him. Yeah. You know, I think any time you've got a right foot, it can, it can sometimes um, put you off balance. And I think it just we just we knew each other's games, we knew each other's strengths, um, and, and it, it just worked. It really worked. Um, so you know, it's not about being a, a you know a defence union or nothing like that. But it does go a long way to say that. You know, you've got to get your defence sorted. In any team, you need to have a solid defence in that. Because you ask any of the other boys in midfield or striker, did they trust us to buy? Absolutely. You know, if they know we've got, we've we're doing that back there. There's less pressure on them to score goals because if we're keeping tight, if we're keeping clean sheets, so maybe losing one goal, mm -hmm. we're giving them a chance in every game. Um, so it was, it was. Um, you know, we did. We, we hammered out a lot of games together, um, and it was it was a sad day when 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 uh, when Dodgy left. Um, he's a good friend of mine. I still got to keep in touch with him a lot. Um, and it's just yeah, it's just that bond that you get through through playing. And um, but obviously, all good things come to an end, and, and then a lot of people get other opportunities. So that's kind of what happened. But uh, but no, it's certainly a good period uh, for us uh, during that time. You mentioned all good things come to an end there. Your spell at Cali Thistle, your second spell at Cali Thistle, uh, does come to an end eventually in 2009. Now again, 2009, the year starts with Craig Brewster uh, and his second spell at the club losing his job. He's replaced by Terry Butcher uh, at the end of January 2009. Um, you make four sub-appearances under Terry Butcher uh, and then won the following season. 
how was that for you? I mean, were you, it was kind of a bit of a, a disappointing way to end your second spell at the club. I mean, you made close to 300, I think 300 appearances for Cali Thistle, maybe even more. But was that a kind of difficult way for you to, to bow out uh, in your in your your spell with the club, um, given the fact it was difficult on the on the field as well to to make those only make four appearances at the at the kind of tail end of that uh, that campaign. It was um, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I mean, I, I don't want to say too much, but um, it was I think the way that I was handled and dealt with at the club. Um, you know, I, I didn't deserve to be treated the way that I was treated. I hadn't done anything to anybody. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was a decision that, um, you know, it was, it, it, there was a, a, a basically a domino effect of, of things that had happened um, that sort of created the, the situation. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't know if... Um, if, if Terry had maybe gone too far one way and then didn't know how to get, to get back um, but he seemed to because I was injured when he came I got injured in a, in a basically in, in, a, in a pointless and needless uh, bounce game that, that the interim coaches felt they needed to have okay. um, prior to, to, to Terry coming in and then I got injured in that game, Ian Black got injured, and this was just a bounce game on the pitch, it was a pointless game. Yeah. Um, so I ended up sort of tearing my groin, and Black, he got a bad one, it was just, it was just a stupid exercise. Um, so then I couldn't play the following game, which was Hearts away. So Roy McBain had to play left back. Roy McBain gets a red card in the in, the, in that game. That's right, that's right, yeah. So when so Terry Butcher comes in, and his very first game was Celtic at home. That's right, yeah. He can't play me, can't play Roy. Choice of Lionel Jebizadi or um, Richie Byrne. Um, and because Terry liked long balls, um, channel balls, for whatever reason, Richie Byrne couldn't, couldn't do it in training in what he was trying to do. So he, he said, right, you out, Lionel. He said, you, you give it a shot. I dare say that my wages was an issue as well, um, so I, they couldn't have me as a backup left back on the wages that was on. So uh, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm not I'm sure that that had a, a part to play in it. And then, like you said, that next season started and um, whatever I meant, made a, a subs appearance, whatever. And then there was talk about Hamilton being interested in me, and then uh, and then. So what it didn't happen immediately, and then Ca- County played Cali at Cali Stadium. Um, I think it was the day before the transfer window closed. That's right. Yep, they got beat. And it was then told to my agent that if you're still here, you you'll be starting at left back next week. And I said, well, I said, well, I won't be playing for that guy, but the way he's treated me. I said so I hope that my, my move goes through and, my, and then my move went through with 40 minutes left in the window right, okay. <laughs> so, so you know fortunate for me but that's what ended up happening but all that happened in the space of like 24 hours um, yeah so it, was, it, was, it was crazy it was crazy time 
I, I do remember that derby because uh, Ro- Ross County, ironically, with Ian Vigers, who, who was let go that summer uh, by Cali Thistle. I mean, Ian Vigers had a, had a stormer uh, that afternoon. It was 3 uh, 1 that, that, that um, Ross County won that, that first derby of the season by at, at Cali Park. Now, we mentioned February 2000 earlier on. Uh, just to, 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 to finish up on, on your career, because I think it's it's a, it's a tremendous story. Um, season 2009-10, we mentioned there you, you make a sub appearance at the very start of the season for Cali Thistle in a one-all draw against Montrose in the Challenge Cup. Cali Thistle win at 5-4 on penalties. And then your season starts by making your, your first uh, appearance of the season for Cali and your last you then go into join Hamilton, and your very last appearance that season is in Buenos Aires as Canada takes on Argentina in a game that uh, Argentina, I think it was their, their final warm-up before they headed off to the World Cup in South Africa. So from drawing with Montrose at extra time to, to playing against uh, Gonzalo Higuain, uh, Carlos Tevez and Sergio Aguero and co., uh, what a what a season that must have been for you. Yeah, yeah, no, it was. Um, I, I knew I had that, <clears throat> I, you know, that sort of trip coming up because it was um, it was a double header. So we we went down to Argentina and then we finished up in Venezuela. So it was. I knew I had to come up, and I hadn't. Uh, I had to make sure that I was like really fit for it. So I remember doing a, a ton of extra running myself and just to make sure because it was it was a little bit of a, a gap in, in terms of the way the season finished so I was just doing like just tons of run, runs and stuff like that to, to make sure um, but uh, but yeah it was um, it was an unbelievable experience that when I finally got there because I got caught up in the ash cloud that happened in Iceland and yeah then, of course yeah which delayed me uh, which delayed me a, a day so I ended up spending, I don't know how many, 35 hours in plane journeys to, on my birthday as well um, to get to get there. Um, but, but no, what an, what an experience, um, you know, playing at, at that stadium and it was packed. And not only that, they were celebrating 200 years of independence as well. So okay, it was just, right, okay. you, you couldn't see the pitch because it was just covered in blue and white um, little, you know, little... Um, sort of confetti really and um, but no I mean to, to, to again to, to grace the field with with um, such such amazing players it's uh, that's one thing for, you know playing for Canada I've been blessed with, with coming up against the likes of Argentina and Brazil Germany um, and it's just the players that you, you come up against um, and it's quite phenomenal and and it's for me. I was speaking to someone the other day about this. It's just you, you, you don't, you don't know how good people can be at football until you know. Like yeah. you, if you only ever see the SPL or you ever play in the SPL, you just think, oh, you know, McGeady, what player? Yeah, he is a player. But I will tell you what, see, when you say, he's nothing compared to like that guy or that guy. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. and it's it's unbelievable to see, you know, in in live when you're up against people how just how good someone's touch can be or how good their finish can be or how how quick they are or their movement. Um, and it's, like you say, I'm just I'm completely, uh, completely blessed that I was able to, to be part of that, you know. 
I've just noticed on another, uh, as I mentioned there, you know, a quirky uh, story about season nine ten, when we mentioned there about you starting against playing against Montrose and then finishing against Argentina, you started the season with Terry Butcher and ended it with Diego Maradona. I mean, that's uh, there's something you know that's uh, another because of course they two uh, they two love each other of course, but. But Richard, I mean, what a as I said at the very start, what a career there. I mean, I've just I've just made a note of the names that we've mentioned. It's not a case of name dropping by any stretch of the imagination, but you've come up against Brian Loudrop, uh, Dwight York, Fastino Espria, Luis Figo, Zinedine Zidane, Carlos Tevez, and we've even mentioned Arnold Schwarzenegger as well. It's been quite some uh, quite some hour and a half, uh, Richard. What a career! Um, obviously, you are still involved in the game. Um, at the moment, you. Are, uh, you're running Richard Hastings pro elite football coaching as well, so very much still, um, you know, still extremely enthusiastic about the game and the coaching. Talk to us about your uh, your coaching venture at the moment. Yeah, so I just um, like I say obviously my, my, my time at Ross County has come to an end. So, um, but my passion is still football. My passion is coaching, and um, I thought, well, what what best uh, or what other better thing to do than, than to just set up my own uh, my own coaching so so that's what I've done whether it be one to one or small groups um, open to boys or girls men and women so it's um, and not only that I think feel I've got a lot to be able to to give back um, so you know whether it even be helping with with teams if they want me to come in and put sessions on for the teams or or help with you know setting up their their, their shape or their formation or how, how best to get out of the players, things like that. I've got so much experience, um, you know, from my playing then into my coaching. So um, it's basically a kind of how can I help situation really. Um, and, and so far it's been, it's been really, really positive feedback, but also uh, more positive response. But then on top of that, the, the feedback from the, the players and the parents involved have been, has been phenomenal. So, um, so it, it, you know, it's nice to get that feedback. Um, but I know that uh, it's it's wasted if I don't if I don't uh, if I don't give back to the game. You know. And you can make contact with you on social media as well. You're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Yeah, yeah, I'm on the Instagram, um, RH three coaching, and then and and Facebook as well. Um, excuse me. Uh, so. Yes, you you will have to find me on there, and I've got some camps um, in, in the October holidays as well. So I'll get to get some players signed up for that. Perfect, Richard. It's been absolutely brilliant. As I say, it's been uh, a, a a varied career. Um, you've obviously you know travelled far and wide, but also been in the, the thick of the action in the Highlands uh, and some memorable matches uh, for Cali Thistle, especially. But also spent some time at Ross County as, as well. It's been brilliant looking back over that um, sixteen-year-plus career with you. Uh, thanks for spending your time with us, and uh, it's been uh, it's been really enjoyable. Thank you. No, thank you for uh, for all the questions, Ian, and it's uh, it's been a pleasure and uh, being part of it as well. Thank you very much.